think part of it is accepting that it's so much beauty in being black. And that's the thing that I guess I get emotional about because I've always known that. I've always been proud to be black. Never wanted to be nothing else. Loved everything about it. Just is such beauty in, in, in black people. And it really saddens me when we're not allowed to express that pride in being black. And that if you do, then it's considered anti-white. No, you just pro-black and that's okay. The two don't go together because you celebrate black culture does not mean that you don't like white culture or that you're putting it down. It's just taking pride in it. But what's irritating is when somebody says, you know, they, they are racist. That's reverse racism. Or they have a Black History Month, but we don't have a White History Month. Well, all we've ever been taught is white history. So why are you mad at that? Why does that make you angry? That is to suppress me and to make me not be proud. Shit was so soulful. It, they could just let that guitar just, just 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 vibe out for like thirty hours. Yeah, and nigga just gonna be there chilling, just chilling, chilling, just smoke a blunt, sipping a cocktail. Oh, okay, you can do that too. I, mean, I can't, I can't smoke the blunts. I, I don't, but hey, that beat. I don't but believe for that beat. I don't believe you, Jay. Hey, man. Okay, <laughs> you choose, you choose what you want to believe. <laughs> nah, but yeah, that shit, her, her, her album was it jam, man. You know. Like I tell people all the time, I mean, it's the way people are reacting to it is almost like they felt like she didn't have any talent or something. That's before. exactly how people and are feeling. And that kind of bothers me, you know. I'm it, like, it's it's like Beyonce was all talent. Kelly had no talent. Michelle had no talent. Salon. Like and that's every, scary they treat, to me. But they treat like everybody in Beyonce's circle is talentless, and that she's just the mecca. Yeah, and it's I'm like. Come on, like you don't you don't have a problem with that? You don't see that you don't see that there's something wrong with you thinking that everybody else is irrelevant besides the person you worship. Come on, like <laughs> worship is, is the correct it's, word. It's, it's, that is the correct it's word. Yeah, like I say, situ- scenario. I, I'm not gonna be one of those people like, Oh, I've been on Solange, but I mean when Solange put out uh Saint Heron Saint Heron and had like uh uh Janae Aiko on there, she had um she had a I think Eric Bellinger on there. She she's always been on that soulful shit. I mean, it just makes sense. And there's nothing that she did that really it, to me personally. I'm not taking nothing away from her because I've I've been following her for a little while and I noticed that she had been working on some artsy stuff, you know, in New Orleans and just doing her thing. You know, like she's one of those people that's real artsy and real focused. And she's been I think she's been working on this album for at least three or four years. And not saying that that's a bad thing, but you working on an album three or four years, uh, <laughs> it should be pretty flawless. Look at Frank Ocean. Frank Ocean worked on something two or three years, low key. Yeah, I, I still ain't really listened to his album, but I mean, I'm pretty sure it was it was pretty flawless. That means your electronica album's gonna be dope. Hey, it's possible. That shit ain't never coming out. <laughs> yeah, but when it does. Or if it does, you would expect a lot from it. Like if the chronic would have ever came out, you would expect that the chronic to be a di- go diamond and be a classic album forever. 
But it, it would have been classic based on hype. I mean, a lot of the, stuff. The years, the years leading up to, like, what, what it was the Chronicles of Detox that we were waiting My on. My bad, the Detox. Detox. The years leading up to it is like, okay, every Dre verse we did get was somebody wrote Somebody for else, it. yeah. So, I mean... You just kind of started to lose that anticipation for it, that excitement. Yeah, I think that was a cool thing with Solange. I mean, you really didn't know it was coming. It came, and it did what it had to do. Number one album in the country, but it really didn't have anything to go up. It's no competition, I mean, honestly. But at the same time, if you're somebody that listens to Janelle Monae, uh, Janelle Aiko, like Elle Varner, or... Uh, Marsha Ambrosius, anybody. If you listen to soulful music, then you're gonna. I feel like Solange is gonna be like, okay, this this is cool. This is a nice album. But then if you're one of those people that's just kind of going off hype, knowing that you like listening to what to to stuff like you know, if you like listening to Beyonce now, like more of the up the upbeat stuff, more of the Rihanna type stuff that's upbeat. Then I mean, you might not mess with the Solange. I mean, to me, that just makes sense. So if you, I think I think for some people. As, as they get older, they kind of realize that Solange music is kind of necessary. That type of music is kind of necessary because, like, for if, you, if you had to put her in a category, who would you put her with? I mean, she's, like I said, it's more soulful. Like, I mean, I would I would definitely say if she came out 10, 15 years ago, we would be looking at her, like, on, in the same boat as Music Soul Child or, or Maxwell or something mm-hmm. because, like I said, her album is soulful. Like, I think maybe two upbeat tracks on there. I think I like the one with Lil Wayne. Uh, that was a solid verse. I mean, the, it was it was so new. It was so Louisiana influenced that that was, that was funny to me. But at the same time, that's where she stays. You know, like, yeah. She every on her Snapchat, on her Instagram, dude. That's everything about her is it she was. loves it, and that's why it's like when I saw that uh, the Beyonce video when she was in New Orleans. Like, if if you think that Beyonce just randomly in New Orleans for for this Black Lives Matter thing, then you clearly not really looking at the nose, like. There, no, you're looking at Beyonce. You're just looking at Beyonce. You know that's. And I mean, I understand she said she Creole, but she been Creole forever. And when did Beyonce embrace that? Just, you know, it's been kind of recent. When Solange has been out there for a while, Solange has been out there, bro. Like, and I'm pretty sure. But, but to, to me, Beyonce went from H Town to I barely come to Houston because I'm in New York so much. Exactly. Now you, or on my own private island. Now you Creole New Orleans. And, and not to say, say anything <laughs> against Beyonce. It's just saying, you know. People, people fail to realize that her little sister has a, a lot, a huge influence on her music. Yeah. <laughs> I think people just fail to realize that. And I think they just look at, look at Solange and like, eh, you're a non-factor. And Beyonce looks at you like a non-factor. Like, yeah. no, that's her sister. <laughs> like, they grew up together. Yeah, yeah. Like, just because you don't pay attention to Solange doesn't mean that Beyonce doesn't. Pretty much. And they, they they both Houston females, no matter what anybody says. But we all know that Beyonce's presence out here could be a little more, a little more, it could be a little more present, you know? But uh, even, even on that, I mean, just... Peeping that just made made me think about how I feel like we always talk about stuff that's going on today. So it's only it's only right for me to point out the fact that when I sit there and think about people that listen to Beyonce and the people that listen to Solange, I kind of feel like for for black women especially, it's almost like 
that's the socially acceptable thing for them to do to to solidify their blackness. Like, oh, you 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 fuck with Beyonce, okay, you 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 cool, you cool. But just imagine if a girl was sitting there and she was like, I don't miss a Beyonce at all, but I mess with Solange though, or I mess with Lauren Hill, and I I, I kind of feel like that's a black girl's equivalent of like not being black enough. You know what I mean? Like for a dude, if a dude's sitting there, and I I, I went through this. I'm sitting there a year or two ago, and I'm telling somebody, you know, I bumped Chance the Rapper. I, I like Lupe, you know, the uh, child is getting beat. I'm telling them these rappers that aren't necessarily future or rich homie Quan, they looking at me like, oh, you ain't black enough. You're weird. You know? And, and, and it, it got me to think. I'm like, man, I wonder if white people ever have to go through that. Like if a white person is sitting right there, and they're with their, with their homeboys or with their counterparts, I wonder if they ever have to get in that, in that moment where they're, they're they're talking and they're wondering to themselves and like am I sounding white enough or am I coming off white enough is 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 it are they gonna think I'm a wigger or something like that because I mean even though wigger is a thing that's not it's not it's something not, that you see just on, in a workplace like that yeah not I mean not in any workplace that I'm in I mean I'm pretty sure you I don't want to say in like stereotype like this is where black people work but you know in those areas where it's primarily black people working. You might have the white boy that got the taper fade. Yeah, you might. He might be in there. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. I'm not gonna. You know, associate any kind of specific job, but he might be in there. Yeah. But then some. Sometimes, like you're being a wigger, like Malibu's most wanted. Oh yeah. And then sometimes that's just who you are. Eminem. That's just who you are. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of, but that, but once again, it got me to thinking like that because I swear, man. I lost faith in humanity like yesterday, like for real. Damn, what happened? I swear, like when I was riding up the street and I seen this female in her Buick Lesabre that had the pink eyelashes on it. They still doing that? Yes, and I was just like, no longer, no more faith. I can't do this. Like, what is this? Like, and then in my mind, I'm like, you know what? I'm not even gonna judge her like that because she's just being herself. She probably from the hood. It's probably this. It's probably I was able to say all those things, but then in my mind, I'm like, maybe she's doing this because that's that's what's hip to her. That's, that's what makes cool her black. Her. That's what makes her black. That's what makes her you know keeps her in the in crowd because in her circle, pink eyelashes on a beautiful saber is acceptable. And and then it made me think like, oh, maybe that's just like the redneck that has the F one fifty sitting up. A hundred inches in the air, you know. That's just like the dude that's got the swingers, you know. And but to me, it's for me. I see it more in the black community. I think at t- at times in the black community, it just seems a little more outrageous. Like I I don't have a problem with with ghetto, you know. Like when people say things are ghetto, it's a negative stigma on it all the time. And I'm like, you know what? The rednecks brag about being rednecks. You proud, know, proud to be probably, country. But proud if you to be tell, country. proud to be country. But if you tell a black person something is ghetto, it's just automatically negative. Because I no, when a white person says something is ghetto, definitely. It's but 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 a, but a black person that is not, I guess, quote unquote, lower class or from the hood. If you just peep them out and they say something ghetto, oh, I ain't messing with that ghetto. I, I you know, th- we do it too. Not only, of course, white people do it, but black people do it as well. So all in all, it's a negative thing. Nobody wants to accept the fact that they came from the ghetto or they have a ghetto background. It's like, it's 
how do I say outside of the ghetto circle? It's not cool. Once you once you get out the ghetto, you don't you don't look back to the ghetto. Yeah, which is which is which is fine. But at the same time, I don't understand why it's so hard for us to embrace our backgrounds. Like when we run from it, we run from it. We sprinting from it. We don't have we don't want to even have any connection with it. You know, and I'm like that's that's insane. Like why is it like that? And like 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 Solange Mama was saying like if if that's a part of being black, why be ashamed of it? Like. Don't get me wrong. Like at that moment, I was just like, uh, I can't do this. This is this is this is ridiculous. The big eyelashes. But then I was like, you know what? She's being who she is. That's how she expresses her blackness. Who am I to who am I to knock her? So how do you express your blackness? I mean, I express my blackness by by being a real ass nigga. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> like like every, like no matter what. Like I feel like first of all. When I, when, I, when I walk up into a room, there is no way of denying that I'm black. It's not possible. Physically. It's physically, physically, it is not possible for me to say I am not black. I could run up in here and be like, I'm Colombian, I'm Dominican or whatever, but no matter what, my skin is still black. And with that being said, the words that come out my mouth and the way that I talk should not define, it should not define my blackness. It should, oh, the way he dresses, like, you say that if a person says you dress like a white person, I want them to lay down what a white per what is white what is a white person style like yeah. real talk. What you is dress a white, white person you swag? Act white. How how did this become get labeled as being white? And, and if you ask a person to really just put a nail in it, what they really mean by that? They're like, oh, you're wearing a polo shirt. Well, what are you saying? Like, uh, uh, only 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 white people play polo, or only a white person can wear a collared shirt. Like, cause that's really all a polo is. Like that's a polo is. is a collar shirt. So you say a short sleeve shirt. Exactly. So if you're sitting here saying that I'm wearing Ralph Lauren, well, let's just be real. Who made Ralph Lauren popular? It was the it ladies. was the it, it was, was the black ladies. people that it really made it popular. No matter if Tommy Hilfiger didn't want to market to us, or Polo didn't want to market to us, or that's that's Mark a, Jacob. That's a whole nother thing that Tommy Hilfiger didn't want to. Want to market to, market to us? People always say, "Oh yeah, I seen that. On, I seen that on Oprah." Tom Hilfiger said he never expected so many black people, but people say they seen that or they heard that. I have never in my I didn't life check that out. I never seen that. Like, I, mean, I, I haven't. Even, seen I never even. I've always heard, I just heard it. it. Yeah, I've always heard it. And I heard Pimp C say Polo fucked that Hilfiger. Yeah, but I never seen this said interview where. Tom Hilfiger said, "I ain't know so many black people gonna be wearing my shit." I think Timberland went through that same thing too, right? Something about Tim, the Timberland, uh, the Timberland oh. line. I, I said Timberland like I'm talking about Timberland of a goo. That's what I thought you was talking about. I was, like, I was like, oh, okay. It, it is what it is. It's just like it's like people that say fabulous, like when they spell it. Well, yeah. anyways, <laughs> no, <laughs> they be fucking up when they spell fabulous like that. F A B O L O U S. But no, seriously though, I think Timberland had something about you know it. It didn't. He didn't expect it. Or the company didn't expect it to do that well in the black community, but that's what happened. Same thing with Versace. I mean, we got it popping again. And Versace began since then. Been dancing since what ninety four? Like we got it popping again. Black culture. Black culture takes things and they make it dope. They make it better, and that's just what black culture is. That's why I never, if if I knew a wigger, I wouldn't be mad. I just accept the fact that you know what, you love our culture because our culture. Is 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 so dope, and and when we put our twisted things, we just make it so much better. And they can't deny that yeah. because when I think 
of how white people dress or how what white culture is, I think it's, especially men, I look at them like maybe how Adam Sandler would dress, how uh, Charlie Adam Charlie Sheen, dresses horrible, like though. Charlie Sheen would dress in two and a half men. Like it's just it's so you got these linen shorts, this this tropical button up looking shirt. Up, Steve Jobs, perfect example. You know Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs dressed regular than simple, iconic iconic look. Black turtleneck and the jeans, but it, who knows what type of shoes he had on? White people. He ain't have no J's though. I know. You know white, he ain't no J's. White people for sure. White men that got money, they're not brand whores. They're not labor whores. No, and not I at can, all. And I, not I at can all. always say that about white people. That's to me. That's their culture. So if you ever say somebody's dressing like a white guy, then to me you're saying that they're dressing like they shopped in the thrift store or something. They're dressing all the way down. Yeah, they're, they're dressing down. And, and even if you are doing that, and as a black person, if you're doing that, hey, I'm just going to assume, assume either you ain't got it or you're comfortable that way. You know, to me, the way black dudes dress now with the long with the long shirts that come down to their knees, the ones that Kanye started, um, the, uh, the fact that these black dudes are, are, are wearing skinny jeans, to, see me, I know that's not real black culture. I know black culture took that and made it fly, but I know that came from France. I know that came from Japan because I know I know I know fashion outside of America. So when you know fashion outside of America, you recognize these things. It was only Chinese girls that was in the Harajuku in Sailor Moon and all that type of stuff that was doing their hair green and red and purple. Now black people do it too. They made it cooler, but that's not black culture. Black black women never walked around with green hair. Or pink hair. Nope. That's Japanese. That's chicks that was watching watching Sailor Moon and watching anime and, and hentai porn or whatever. But hey, I, I'm not knocking. I'm not knocking black girls for if, that. If that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. Exactly. But when you get down to the nitty gritty, if you really want to talk about black culture, I mean, hey, black people, they they they. It's like when everybody was wearing bathing eight. Oh yeah, that's Japanese. That's that's Japanese. that's, that's, that's that, that comes from that comes from across the seas, you know, and you. To me, a matter of fact, you don't even have to know that. But let's 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 look at the big picture here. Don't talk about appropriating culture when you can't affect accept the fact that you're appropriating culture as well. You know, like there's a bunch of um, that's that's even something I even saw on Halloween last year. Like I saw a lot of people, you know, like I see it now. Like people rocking their dashikis and and doing all types of things. And you know, every black person walking around here, yeah. Especially in America, a lot of them don't even identify themselves as African American. They call themselves Black American. So if you if you consider yourself a Black American, why are you walking around dashiki? Yeah, <laughs> you're technically a you have you people. have no idea what's what? going. I mean, you might have an idea, it's but you fashion. don't have it's no fashion. experience. Exactly, it's it's you're wearing a dashiki because it's it's fashion and it's something that Black Americans may look they made it dope. And I, I and I can admit that Black Americans have a way of swagging things out, like. Who are black Americans swagged out army fatigue, you know? Like that's what they do. They take something and they they that's they make they it do. their own. You they make, make it your own. own. You know, a lot of people do that. So for you for people to walk around and say because somebody doesn't talk a certain way, doesn't have a certain uh, limp when they walk, or they aspire to be something more than just a hood nigga or just a real nigga, they're not being black enough. That's why the, that's why to me Atlanta as a show is so is so dope because. Donald Glover was able to get black people that can that that acted that can act black. They they don't I mean they're not acting black. They're being themselves. They're being genuinely black. They're the type of black people that when you see them, you're convinced that you know what when the cameras turn off, 
the only thing that's going to change is the dialogue. Right. You know what I'm saying? They're still who they are. Earn is still earn. I guess like you, you, you know earn. Yes, you know earn. You know huh? if, if you if you've been in in, in in any kind of living community environment like Atlanta, you know earn. You know earn. You know paper boy. You know paper boy. You paper boy is everywhere. You paper boy know Darius. You do. You know Darius. You know Darius. You you treat Darius like he done, but low key he got some knowledge. He on you. Darius on you. That's why I mean, for most people, I think they watch the show. Darius is probably their favorite character because he's just so weird. But at the same time. You get him. The whole scene when he was at the, uh, the uh, target range when he was shooting the, when he was shooting the dog, that scene was so important. But for the for the person that doesn't even know how much they relate to that scene, and for that to go over their head, just let you know that scene was powerful. That scene right there should have went viral. To me, it, to me, he goes, you know, oh, dogs are crazy in my neighborhood. One bit of, what do you say, be like bit of baby or something like that. Yeah. And the guy's like, oh, no, I'm not going to let you shoot. I don't shoot care dog. what it did. <laughs> like, yeah. Really? But you got this target up here of somebody's of your dad. Uncle. Yeah. Your, he said, that's so specific. That's like, so, that's, that worries me. Why, why would I shoot a human? You're coming, <laughs> out, you're coming out here with your sociopathic tendencies and I'm just out here like, honestly, a dog is a dog. These dogs need to be, a lot of these dogs need to be put down. Black people, well, most black people, they don't value animal lives like human lives. No. I'll be honest, but black people still ain't going out there killing dogs, though. No. You know what I'm saying? We know who's going out there killing dogs and killing cats. And history shows it. I ain't saying black people are immune to it, but on a, on a, oh. on a wide scale, who what culture is more known for, for, for using targets as animals? Matter of fact, they don't use them as uh, targets. They, they out there, they hunt. That's their, that's their culture, to go out there with their assault rifles and hunt animals for sport. That's their culture. That's not black culture. No. We know who culture that is. So Don't too many of us do no hunting. We don't. Not too many of us are Boy Scouts. Not too many of us are go out there going hunting. And outside of Native Americans, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure if Native American was still going out to the woods hunting, they probably would still be using bow and arrows. You know what I'm saying? Or using the, uh, what's the, what's the, what's the uh, one that Hawkeye uses? That's a Bow and arrow in it? I thought, but it's, it's, I thought it was specific. Crossbow? Crossbow, yeah, there you go. I'm tripping. I don't know why I lost that. But, yeah, I mean, either way it goes. And I ain't judging, you for, judging them for that, but come on. Like, really? Y'all, I'm pretty sure the head of PETA is a white person. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, the crazy part, they say the head of Black Lives Matter is a white person. That's crazy. Dang. <laughs> That's crazy. I don't want to go down that road. Yeah, we, me neither. Let's 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 stay on the positive road here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, back to Atlanta. Somebody asked me, like like my brother even said, he was happy that I put him on that show, like because when he watches it, it feels it feels authentic. You're watching authentic blackness on the screen, and honestly, for me, authentic blackness is that that splash of ghetto, that splash of professionalism, because. So I think you said this one time when uh when black people go on an interview, they have their they have their interview uh mindset. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna go call, in there. I, I call it my tie voice. You, you put your tie voice on. It, 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 I put my interview voice on. Yeah. When I when I'm in when I'm in when I'm in the barbershop, I'm I'm, I'm me. You I'm know, whether you whether you about. say I'm a hood nigga in the barbershop, whether you say uh I'm laid back or just you know low key whatever. It's it's to be to be black to me means if if you're genuinely being black and not being fake, I think you're being multifaceted. I don't think that you're the same everywhere, because uh, it's we can't honestly in America. This is not this is not a this is not a country where we can afford to just 
speak the way we speak in every setting because the professional setting, the standard in America, white people set that standard. And freedom of speech ain't really free. Exactly. So when you're when you're thinking business professional, who set that standard? White people. Black people try to do White people run business. Exactly. So when they get mad about dreadlocks being outlawed or whatever in certain businesses, you're mad at that, but at the same time, everything every other thing that you do to get this job is to appeal to a white man, to appeal to a white boss. You put this suit on. When you put that suit on, you know good and damn well you didn't put that suit on because you knew a brother was interviewing you. Or you knew somebody that could relate to you was interviewing you. You knew that you were going into an interview that uh, your whole point was, how do I say, appealing to somebody that was from a higher class, whether they were black or white. There's a there's a difference of what you were to interview for Bank of America and what you were to an interview for Def Jam. Exactly. And, and, you and, have to, you have you're dressing the part. Exactly. At, at the end of the day, so if you know that part isn't dreads and you care about your dreads so much, you can't be mad at them. You you really can't. You really you can, can't. You can, but in this in today in today's society, currently. If, if you're mad at something, you live in a liberal world. So if you're mad at something, you can protest it. You can make an uproar about it because, I mean, you feel entitled to, to your freedoms, not realizing that your civil liberties aren't really what they are. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't like the fact that they can outlaw dreads. But at the same time, hey, you walk into that interview with that, with that, with that long skirt on, with your blouse buttoned up, with your hair straightened, talking like a quote-unquote white person, but you're just talking proper. You're talking like you have an education. You're doing all that to appeal to a higher class. So the minute they have one stipulation that makes you uncomfortable or or is going to make you do extra work to get a job, you get mad. But you weren't mad when you were in school and you had to, you know you had to dress a certain way and you had to you had to shave. You had to do you. It, come on, it's it was it was, it was the norm then. But as you people are waking up to realize that this isn't a black country this isn't not, black america not, no. you know and you can let these politicians lie to you all they want they're not going to change much they didn't change much from 60 to 2000 they ain't going to change much from 2000 to 2020 no it's not. they not they have no reason to the, because the progression isn't isn't coming that fast because the 13 percent of the population the money you bring it's not going to hurt them if a little bit of it dwindles because the reality of that 13 percent that 13, within that 13%, it's a significant amount of people in that 13% that think like the rest. You know what I mean? They And, and when I say think like the rest, I mean think like white people, think like Asians. They think, they're thinking on another scale. Because the whole 13% is in lower class. Because the thir- within that 13%, it's really the, lo- the lower class that thinks similarly. Yeah. You know, the upper class of that 13%, are probably thinking like the middle class and upper class of the the other 80. Like, come on. So, And even with that 13%, when, like you said, that what you do with your money in that 13% doesn't, isn't going to affect them and your lack of knowledge of where your money is going. Real talk. Somebody is cutting Michael Jordan a check. Of course. That person that's cutting Michael Jordan a check costs, is worth way more than he is and is probably getting more benefits off the Jordans that you buy than Michael Jordan is. And speaking of Michael Jordan, when I see Michael Jordan out dressed up, what is he wearing? Michael Jordan is, has dropped dressed sloppy his whole life. Yes, his true, whole life. true. But his swag is on zero. Horrible. Boy, He's still wearing the, the baggiest of jeans. Boot, he wear boot cuts. Like what? Where are you? Where, like what the, what, like, like hey, you couldn't worth, afford a stylist. Billions. Who cares? Billions. 
That's that's the point. Like, like Mike needs a, that, damn that Mike needs a stylist. I don't care if, if, if Mike <laughs> Mike do need a stylist. Mike like, needs a Jay, stylist. Jay Z needed a stylist for a while. And he finally got yeah, one. Yeah, and he, he stepped up a lot. He when he became a grown man, he got a stylist. Yeah, yeah, he definitely did. But that's just a prime example of what the higher class is, what the higher class does. And I feel like most white people, regardless if they're higher class or not, they're gonna carry themselves like they are. Jay Z no, wasn't no, sitting down with Warren Buffett with with the backwards New York Knicks um, jersey on, you think the he didn't want rag to? and and the and the headband. You think he didn't want to easy it out coming in with the Jerry Curls <laughs> trippers? You think he didn't want to come in there like his a uh, like his authentic real himself? And come in and be who you are. He he know it. He know he can't do that. I swear that. to God, if I could just be me, I just have on these basketball shorts, man. Man, when you could afford slides. to do it, you if 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 I'm, if I'm on their level and I know I'm on their level, then. I'm gonna be like, hey, I'm. This is me. I'm you have no choice but to accept. Yes, because I, I want am. you know I'm but on since level. I'm needing something from you. Exactly, I gotta. Come. I have to cater to you. I have to cater to. I have to appeal to you, and that's the that's the reality that Black America does not want to accept. Yeah. they don't want to accept it. If you need something from somebody, you have to cater to them. Yeah, it sucks, but that is it is what it is, and you know that's my motto. It is what it is, and there is nothing that you can do about it. You can bitch and complain all you want. But more than likely, nothing's gonna change. No, you're just gonna you're gonna find yourself walking out of the door. I mean, or you're or you're not gonna cater to this one and gonna go cater to another. Yeah. Or unless you just really you're fed up with it, you are gonna strike out on your own. Yeah, pretty much. So I just I just, I just laugh at I just laugh at that. And, and even speaking on that, I, I I honestly feel like something else I did notice is I I, I tend to notice that. Like people are always talking about, oh, you know why black men get rich? You know they always get with a white woman or a Latino. But I also noticed that it's it comes. It, I, I I noticed that well spoken black men, black men clearly they carry themselves a certain way. The ones that tend to you could look at him and tell, okay, he's for he has a good upbringing. Those tend to attract outside races like white women and Mexican women. And I feel like that's a connection that people tend to. To like not, how do I say? To, they try to they try to not acknowledge it, but at the same time, I feel like you know, if a dude carried himself a certain way, he's in a certain setting, and he just happens to bump into some females that's outside of his race, and he's talking to them, and they and they, they like the way he's talking, then okay, it is what it is because this. I, as I noticed this, I noticed that when it's the other way around, when you're talking a certain way, a black man, and you're carrying yourself a certain way, if you're talking to a certain black female, she ain't feeling that. So it's almost like an intimidation factor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, definitely. I, I know, I got homeboys that's been in a situation where like, yeah, I saw this female, you know, somewhere, I tried to go up to her and talk to her, and she kind of was like, ugh, you know, she kind of was turned off by the way that my swag was, the way I was talking, and I'm like, hey, maybe she was intimidated. Maybe she didn't. Maybe she didn't like the fact that you spoke proper. Maybe, maybe she was. Maybe she was uh, scared of the fact that you made you were speaking in a way that you might have been trying to hustle her. Mm-hmm. You know, she didn't understand your lingo, so y'all couldn't vibe like that. And I feel like it's not always about race. Sometimes it's just a, it's it's a cultural. It's a vibe. It's, it's a vibe, but it's a cultural upbringing too. Because if I'm sitting there talking to somebody that all they know is collard greens, cornbread. And, and fried chicken, and I was raised up in a way that you know is I, I know my vegetables, and I'm eating baked chicken, like, yeah. and I'm and I'm and I and I care about you know anime, I care about you know um, like reading books and actually going outside to play. Like, I'm gonna connect with people like that. It's gonna be hard for me to connect with somebody that doesn't 
you know, understand that type of upbringing. It's going to be kind of, it's a cultural struggle within our own culture. It mm-hmm. happens sometimes. And I think people just really fail to acknowledge that. To, to me, it's like you can't, uh, you can't help who you attract, but you can help who you entertain. Oh, like, definitely. like I can't help who's attracted to me. And and women, I know women understand this because they can't uh, they can't help which guys approach them. They can't help that. Like of course not. Like you 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 have no control over that. But you can help who you entertain. And also when it when it, when it comes to a black man who ends up dating outside of his race or, or marrying outside of his race, you know, you think that he got on and got this white woman. He got on and got this Latino woman. Mm-hmm. You don't know. Maybe she's been there from the jump. Yeah. Maybe she. Maybe who was that? Um. Uh, was Mike, Mike Coulter? Yeah, like he, his his wife is white, and then people's like, "Oh, you this you Luke Cage and 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 um and on the on, on Marvel's Luke Cage and everything, and and but you you know you play this dude from Harlem and stuff like this." But do you, they not know what's gonna happen to him? They don't. do they not know who who his wife is? They don't. As Luke Cage, they don't. His wife is white. Yeah, they, Jessica Jones is his wife. People just jump on the train. Misty though. Knight's husband. Is Iron Fist, which is a white guy. People just jump on the they train. They don't know. Though. They don't that's know. That's why it's funny to me. It's like y'all talking about y'all making y'all trying to make Luke Cage black and what it is, but they gonna they gonna get their feelings hurt when they see when they feel when they see. They should see this already if they watch Jessica yeah, Jones. Yeah, they really should. But they, you know, why they didn't watch Jessica Jones? Because she's white. Because she's white. So so the people try not to talk about reverse racism, but let's just hey, why you even why why you watching one Marvel show because it's black. Why you why you watching all Marvel? Like if you like superheroes, you like superheroes. Oh, you only watching the superhero because it's a nigga? Come on now, come you, on now. This nigga girl, been out. Girl, cause he got that bald head and muscles. Come on, this dude been this dude been around since nineteen seventy. He came out. He's no, been he, in everything. He was the Luke Cage was a response to shootings that were happening in the sixties. So when Stan Lee and a couple of out, oh, it's always Stan Lee. Stan, Stan Lee don't get enough Stan, credit. I, and I tell, Stan, I tell Stan Lee does, does, does yeah. a lot for civil rights. Oh, and, come and, on, man! That's why I tell people all the time. Stan Lee never really cared. Don't get me wrong. Who's the Who's the buyer? Who's gonna buy, Who's buying comic books back then? White who's white? So you have to appeal to white people. But so when Luke Cage first came out, he didn't he didn't jump off the shelves until he linked up with his partner Iron Fist, and Iron Fist was a white hippie. And the white kids could, you know, kind of relate to that. And they kind of, through comic books, through art, you got to kids. You got them to realize. And then you got kids out there. Okay, you, yeah, you Iron Fist, I'm, I'm be Luke Cage. Boom. You got something. And then and then eventually Misty Knight came along. Eventually um, uh, Colleen Wing came along. It, it's, it's just, it's just, it was, Marvel has always been accept, accepting of everybody. Black, white, Chinese, don't matter. You know, people are going to uproar about certain uh, roles being played by this person. That could, people are talking about why why is it Iron Fist Chinese? What? He's, Danny Rand is a white guy. He's you, a white you, guy. He's a white you, guy. You, you see Iron Fist, you think, oh, this has got to be a kung fu movie or no. something. No. If you're watching Daredevil, shit, Dare, honestly, Daredevil was supposed to be trained by an Asian, but they made him white. But at the same time, it's not that big of a deal because... Even in Doctor Strange, the person, uh, the ancient one, supposed to be Chinese. She's a white woman. It doesn't matter anymore because we we live in the culture world. First of all, you should be happy that it's a woman playing the ancient one because the ancient one's supposed to be a Chinese man. So don't. And then you got people like it's here, it's never enough. It's never it's enough. Never enough. And, and you got people like here that's really mad that that um, that the Luke Cage is, is a heavily black cast. And it's like I'm looking like we've been having to watch movies 
cartoons, shows that are heavily white cast friends. I didn't complain about watching Friends. I didn't complain about watching Seinfeld. Like, what, what, it wasn't a problem when Martin had a heavily black cast. It wasn't a problem when, when Fresh Prince had a heavily black when, cast. When was the last time you were in Harlem? <laughs> like, like, really? I mean, Harlem was black and Spanish. Last, Spanish. last time I was in Harlem, it was, it, 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 there's Harlem, and then there's Spanish Harlem. Straight it, up. It's like a divide. And, like, like, don't get me wrong, I know Rosario Dawson is in Luke Cage. I mean, I guess she, she puts a little... She's still a woman of color, but yeah. then you have your you have your white people in the show. Like I don't understand why these people are thinking that Luke Cage is. And to me, Luke Cage really even isn't a, a civil. Like he's not even a black power statement to me. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's dope that it's a bulletproof black man walking through the hood. He's protecting Harlem, but all in all, in the end, he's still gonna marry a white woman and fall in love with this white woman. So, what are you gonna say then? Who are you gonna hate then? And they're, they're going to hate the creators like this is a new story. It's this nothing is new. not a new story. This, that's that's why I wasn't really the biggest fan of Luke Cage this series because it's like, okay, I, I know all this stuff already. Let's let's move on to season two. Because honestly, Luke Cage is the type of character that he does, he's traditionally, he's not alone. He he has a partner. I mean, it's, it's kind of like a... To, it's, to me, it's kind of like Captain America. I don't want to see... No, not Captain America. It's kind of like Wolverine. I'm not really a fan of seeing Wolverine by himself. I don't think he could hold his own and be interesting enough by himself. So when you have Wolverine, I kind of want to see Deadpool. Or I kind of want to see the rest of the X-Men. I kind of want to just see him with somebody else because Logan is not that interesting to me by himself. It's almost like watching a Cyclops stand alone. I don't want to watch a Cyclops stand alone. <laughs> He's not that interesting. I don't want to see a Gambit stand alone. He's not that interesting. You know, you know who is interesting? Spider Man, because he's the best. <laughs> <laughs> you just gonna get out there like that. Spider Man, because he's the best. That's it. The Flash, because he's the best. I, I missed the I missed the Flash season premiere. They said it was underwhelming. I, My son just started it. season two, so once he finishes season two, he's gonna jump to season three on Hulu. So I'll probably catch up this weekend. I ain't seen none of season two. Oh. I heard season two was the best season. Season two was very good. Yeah. So, I mean. I, I I just I I enjoy. I feel like if Luke Cage was on regular TV, I think it'd be a little cooler. Cause I feel like the acting was mediocre enough to it was corny enough. Cause even man, if you finished it, Rosario Dawson even said her as her character, she was telling Luke Cage, "Boy, you corny." Cause he is. He is My character is corny. corny. And when he when he, he, j- he just he just thinks he has this smoothness with him with the voice. He he he's all state sound You want to go, go get a coffee? Yeah, like, oh, here we go. This, that, whatever. But, <laughs> like I said, I don't hate the show. I don't love it. I just feel like let's fast forward to the future. Let's let's get the defenders together. Let's let's get him and Iron Fist together. The real heroes for hire. Let's 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 add some more characters to this because he needs help. He needs help. I don't feel. I honestly feel like this was his origin story. This was like um, Batman Begin. Like this is his origin story. You know who he is now, and let's get past this. It's it, it was it wasn't boring like Jessica Jones, but like Jessica Jones, I don't want to see you stand alone no more. I need you with somebody. Daredevil didn't even need anybody. He still got Electra and Punisher, so it just made it even better. Yeah, you know, like he to me he could stand alone because he's always traditionally stood alone. You know, it's just like Batman doesn't need Robin. Batman is dope by himself. You put more people with Batman, you just make it even better. Yeah. Superman don't need nobody. He don't need Supergirl. 
Nah. Supergirl needs Superman though. Yeah, Rob, Robin needs Batman. As you see. Because yeah, yeah, Supergirl true. season one, from for that to go from CBS to CW, and then you had to add Superman and let you know a lot it's of these things. It's a struggle. But, I mean, CBS really wasn't the place for that show to be. It anyways, wasn't. But, but they doing well. Agents, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is on there, right? Yeah, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is on there. So, I guess they felt like, hey, we, we holding our own with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But look, look at Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Look what they got to do. They got to get Ghost Rider. They gotta, it's, it's a multiple... I feel like I think they feel like since they were successful with heroes, it was a spot. It was a place for superheroes. Yeah, but it's a place for multiple superheroes, not just one. Not just one. I think I would like to see a Ghost Rider Netflix. Like I would like I to wouldn't. see for real. Ghost Rider is one of my favorite. I, I wouldn't be Ghost, Ghost Rider or Blade. I wouldn't mind. I'd seeing. not see a Blade because Ghost Rider man, he he's pretty unstoppable to an extent. But yeah, you're right. He he needs somebody too. Like. He needs to be involved with somebody like really Ghost Rider and Hulk. The Incredible Hulk have a history, but that's all. That's spazzing out on. Spazzing out. You lost me with that. One. <laughs> let me, let, let me tuck that in somewhere else. Off, off mic. But yeah, man. You know, back to being black enough, man. I feel like we we struggle as a as a culture with realizing that it's that ain't the case, man. You know, you black, you black. You could be black however you want to be black. If you if you black and corny like Michael Coulter, be black and corny like Michael Coulter. You still black, you know. Like if you want to be black like Wayne Brady, be black like Wayne Brady. He's still black, and he's successful. Black. Exactly. It's like it's, like people. You the more successful you get, it seems like the less black you get. When you become, if you're successful in your if you if you become successful in a white environment. Yeah, definitely. Like you can become successful in basketball and be black. You can become successful in sports and be music black. and but be black. But if you're successful when you black do in the corporate world, yeah. Uh, when you step out of that box, you step out of that box that they put us in. Actually, we, we put ourselves in that box. We, I mean, we we, we we excelled in those boxes, so we stayed in those boxes. Yeah. You know, we were bred to be stronger, faster, bigger, and so we just stayed where we knew we were stronger, faster, bigger. Exactly. And now people are branching out and we're being smarter. Okay, well, you know, black people aren't known to be smart. But now we got people that's smarter, and because he's smarter, you're starting to look at him like he's less black. We're not known to be smart as in, like, that's that's not the cool thing to that's be. That's not the cool it's thing. It's for, for a long time. Yeah. Like, that's why it was almost like, I felt like, when you compare Nas to Jay-Z, I felt like Nas was coming from more of a, a nigga that got a bunch of knowledge from prison and he's trying to come out to spit his knowledge to you but you the young ignorant youth you can't accept this knowledge yeah. but then on the other side you got Jay-Z spitting that street shit in a lingo that you can understand and you're more accepting with Jay-Z not saying that Jay-Z didn't get political and real lyrical right, either, but right. it was it's, it was like Biggie it was Biggie the pop people that like pop they were more into poetry and they were more into spiritual they were more into conscious rap people that like Biggie Want to hear that ignorant shit? Yeah, it's it, simple as that. You know, it was. Uh, there's no way around it. So that's that was the divine line, and I feel like they're a perfect example of what our culture represents. You have a culture, the one side of the culture is is ignorant, and they like being ignorant. They like being in that. I mean, I guess ignorant is kind of harsh, but they like being. How do I say? It? They like being the stereotype. They like it. Then you have the other side that. That you you see them you saw Pac as a black person you saw Pac as a thug but you mm-hmm. saw him as an educated thug you saw him as a as a thug that could actually make a change as and a when he was talking leader. to you the reason the easiest way to get to people nowadays is if you talk to them in a way that they can get the gist of what you said 
and they can they can feel that this dude's smarter than me. Once you got that, you're good. But if they don't get the gist of what you're saying and all they can feel is you're smarter than me, you've automatically intimidated them. You've automatically got them to the point where they're like, oh man, like he's talking he's talking around my head. Like I can't keep up. I'm a, I don't want to listen to this. Yeah. Because before Chance the Rapper put two chains of Lil Wayne on this on this song, <laughs> Chance the Rapper wasn't given a chance by a lot of people. He put Lil I'm talking about that song come on in the club, everybody live. That shit nope, jam. everybody that is, live. That is my you want to put some old Chance the Rapper on there, like Chance the Rapper and uh, Donald Glover did a song, they're not playing that. That's what, like, so you see what you got to do to get to our people. Yeah. You got to put a little twist of ignorance on there just so you can get into their they mind frame and get on their airwaves. That's what you got to do. I ain't saying Chance the Rapper don't like 2 Chains and Lil Wayne. Right. But we... He, you, he used his resources. To he him, used his resources to, to put people... To where to get people to where he wanted them to be, and you knew his, you knew and his I, talent I, was there. I see that a lot from Cuddy too. He, I know, I know. Dog, I feel, bro. You, you see by my boy Cuddy. I wasn't even gonna mention that. I, I have, I have to. Cuddy is one of my favorites. Yeah, of I mean, all time. he, I mean, he's really one of the best. Like and when then, you really think about his his style and the swag, like a lot of people stole it. Like people are. Oh yeah. He has a hit every year. It's just low key. It goes on the radar. You're not paying attention, but that dude's. He's everywhere. He fucks with everybody. And I'm not going to say that his, you know, I thought he had an album coming out this week. It comes out this month. Okay. I don't, know if, it comes, I don't know if it comes out this week, but oh, okay. it, the album's still going to come out. Okay. So I'm, I wasn't thinking that it was a gimmick or anything, but I, I peep Cuddy over the you years. Can, you he's can see, you can see him going this way. He's yeah. somewhat of an alcoholic and a druggie. And I just think he's just one of those people that's just, he's super sensitive. Yeah. And I, I'm not at all to go Zodiac and all, but I think he's like a, I want to say he's an Aquarius. He's super sensitive. Wale's super sensitive. Oh, Wale's real sensitive. You see what he did the other day? He, uh, yeah, yeah. Taunted that. That, that female. But blowing smoke in his face. Like, that was disrespectful, man. That was real disrespectful. But yeah, that that cut that cut it. That 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 made me say, dang, like. So Jim Carrey kind of went through that too under the radar. People don't talk about it. But yeah. I know, but I know he had that big deal with uh. They said he uh the the girl that committed suicide that he was with committed suicide because he got she got an STD from him, and. She just felt like he ruined his life, ruined her life. But at the same time, I just kind of feel like Jim Carrey is one of those people that's just, he's just, he he does his thing, and he was deeper than people really wanted to accept. And really, and it's 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 a it's a it's a clip that went viral of uh, him like exposing the Illuminati, but everybody thought it was a joke. Oh yeah, I remember I that. that. They thought he was just wigging just out, wigging just telling out. jokes. But that's what that's how celebrities do, man. Like, I don't think any human being is built to be in the spotlight like Michael Jackson was that much. Like, that is the death of a lot of people. Like, it's going to get to Kanye. I think Kanye had a breakdown this week when he fired 30 people on the staff. I, I didn't see that. Oh, yeah, he fired 30 people the other day on the staff. I think he had, he had a mental breakdown. Like, they said he just went crazy. Did like, you can't reach him by phone right now. But he's he's under a lot right now. Yeah, I mean, I understand Kim got robbed or whatever, but at the same time. They tied up and robbed your wife, bro. Like could have raped her. Easily. Yeah, easily. Surprisingly. Like it could have been it could have been a lot worse. Mm-hmm. So I mean I mean, thank God that it wasn't. Yeah. You know, I don't care how you feel about Kim Kardashian. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's a human. That's a person. Like, exactly. You don't you don't you don't want that. That's why I was telling you, I said I can't, I can't I, I bet these black lives matter people are gonna be like, Oh, y'all worry about Kim Kardashian and Hey man, nobody wanna see nothing bad happen to nobody. No, not not at all. Like really like really? And I and I saw some people talking about, Oh, y'all distracted by Kim Kardashian, these clowns, Russia's doing this, Russia's doing that. What we gonna do? 
What I'm gonna do about Russia? I can't do nothing about Russia. What the fuck am I gonna do about Russia? What can me living in Houston do about Russia? Not a goddamn thing. But let me run up on a clown. <laughs> oh man! I can clown on a clown's ass. Dog, you know that? That's uh, a year ago, two years ago. That's what I had. That's what a Halloween mask, my clown mask. Like my son was like, "You gonna wear it this year?" I was like, "Hell yeah. no! I ain't wearing this shit. I ain't getting shot." Mm-hmm. And it's open carry. I was now? scared. I was scared to shot a lot of people that night too. Cause like I was just walking down the street with him, trick or treating. Man, I had people fucking scared. Yes. <laughs> it's pretty dope mask. I might, I might Instagram or Snapchat or whatever, but uh, just don't go outside. I'm not going outside with that, but but I think the thing is really, man, this clown thing has been going on for like a month and a half, bro. Yeah, and like it started in Ohio and people weren't even talking about it, and I think once it like caught mainstream air airwaves, people started, oh, I'm gonna do that too, you know, because like in my son's school, like they were, they had to like send us out emails and call us on the phone, let us know there's nothing to worry about. It's oh, that no, bad. They they um they actually closed my sister's campus down. Her college really? campus shut shut campus down. These boys out here tripping, man. It's really just it's really just kids, man. It's just playing. Yeah, but they don't know they're gonna get right, shot. All right, keep playing, bro. Keep playing if you want to. You gonna get shot in these open carry states. Keep playing if you want to. <laughs> no, it is not worth okay. it. Okay, but if you want to, it is not worth it. No, to put to the class classroom on to get no, shot. Hell no. Because it started off when it, I remember the first phone call I heard. Man, I, I wish I, if I could find it, man, I would send it to you. But the first initial phone call, they thought the girl was playing. The girl was like, hey, this dude in a, in a clown costume just ran up on me and, like, was trying to, like, he just ran up on me and he just sat at the corner staring at me and then he disappeared. And then while she was on the phone, it had been like 30 minutes had passed. She was like, oh, shit. There he goes again. And, like, you could tell he was up to no good, bro. And it's just like, hey, Wayne Gacy was out there in the Midwest Chicago killing people, you know, with a clown costume. So you can't, you can't. And then growing up, it, being an 80s baby, Pennywise, it, yeah, that shit scared yeah. the hell out of us. Yeah. So that was, that, that, that's what gave my generation ain't fucking with clowns. No. We ain't fucking with clowns. No, and I don't, I don't, clowns I don't knock anybody that's, 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 that's not fucking with clowns. Just don't overreact when you see a clown, but at the same time, self-preservation. Don't play that clown shit. See a clown, pop a clown. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just don't just go out there and pop a random clown. Some of that, some of these, this is their job. And that's the sucky part because some people out there actually, you know, do get clowns for their kids' birthday parties. I don't know why. I don't know but, why. Uh, Every kid I know is afraid of clowns. Man, clowns are fucking creepy, dog. They, 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 they could be the saddest fucking person in the world, but that's, they got to draw that smile on them. Yo, your job is to make people smile. And that was one of the craziest things on the, that, I think that was one of the dopest quotes on the movie Watchmen, where Rorschach was talking about the clown, I forgot his name, I think it was like Pidgeotti or something, and he, mm-hmm. like, he was like talking about how he was like, he wanted to commit suicide, and he was basically like, saying his whole life was a joke or whatever, and like, his punch, his life was a punchline, yeah. and that's why he was a clown, I was just like, man, that's fucked up, but... Anyways, a lot of a lot of people feel that way though yeah, in real life. It's, it's it is it's it's sad, man. But he, man, yeah, I think I bashed the black race enough. But no, no, but I'm just playing. I'm I, and that's that. I think within the black race, within our community, I feel like that's one thing that we should better do more is not necessarily criticize our race, but just point it out so we can do better. Like, stop. You know, don't don't try to get me to 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 buy into your beliefs. Because you're so brainwashed in thinking that what you're doing is the is only the, way. It's the only way. Because I mean, we don't have to necessarily bash gays. 
we don't have to necessarily bash conservatives or bash liberals. We need to understand that if we want that 13% to grow or we want that 13% to really matter, we might just have to be able to carry ourselves a better way. Yeah. Because a lot of stuff... You got to make yourself more formidable. Yeah, because a lot of the little things that we do within our 13%, man, it ain't... It ain't it ain't looking good though. It's no. looking like an you know, what, what we keep killing each other off and keep our thirteen percent at thirteen percent. Two three things that we doing to me, and I, I hate to sound like I'm contradicting myself, but three things that we doing that, that really hurt us is for some of us to say that we want our our um our culture to grow, I think I think homosexuality isn't the greatest thing because one thing I have noticed within the homosexual community is people black homosexuals it's almost like nowadays they tend to rec- to to put themselves in the LGBT com- LGBT community as you know a, a colored person, you know, a gay person of color. But it's just like, but you black first, and I think that's that's the that's the thing that kills. Like you're black first, right? It's not it's nothing around that. And I think that even with you know black people dating outside their race, I'm like I understand that you're dating outside your race, but. I think the reason, like I said earlier, the reason a lot of black men date outside their race is because culturally, even though I'm black, on the other side of the table, on the other side of the, on the other side of the tracks, I can relate. I, I don't relate to them because I was I was born on this side. I was raised on this side. So regardless of my skin color, I, I relate to this culture more. So hey, it sucks that I I gravitate towards the white woman or the Latina woman. It's because hey, this is where I was raised. It's not my fault that you can't connect. With this me is who I'm exposed to. Yeah, it's not my fault that you can't connect me connect with me on a on a on a level that's like I said beyond talking about love and, and, and hip hop. And, and also, it's 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 not it's not your fault you can't connect with me, and it's not my fault I can't connect with you. And I'm not gonna force it. We don't need to Why force it. Why are we going to force I, it? Just because we're black, we're going to force it? That's been the theme Just because all you're week. a good woman and, and I'm a good man, we're going to force it? Yeah. Like, there's because, no point in forcing it. Like If it's there, you feel it. Yeah, you, you feel it. And, I, and I'm telling you, man, people really just look at the big picture. They look at it and they say, you know what? Maybe we just ain't vibing because I don't see the world how you see the world. And it's not meant for me to make you see my world how you see my world. Because And it, and it doesn't have to be a, a, a big knockdown, drag out us going at each other until we're just sick of each other and mad because you don't see the world like I see it. It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, pretty much. And I think the third thing is, man, uh, it's really, it's it's a family thing in our community. Like, our families are so easily broken. And we we gotta get out of that if we really want to build anything because if, if if our families aren't teaching us to go beyond the scope of Gossip, go beyond the scope of let's get this money. These these ignorant philosophies that don't really better us, then we gonna be stuck where we are. I mean, yeah. And there's no growth out of that. There's no growth out of that, and that's that's scary, man. It's we're from looking from within, like looking from the inside out. We're too predictable. Oh yeah. We're way too predictable, and that's that's scary to me. And uh, when is it gonna change? I don't know. Is it gonna change? Yeah, some things never change. Yeah, true. The, the more things change, the more things. I do got a random. I do got a random for you though. Okay, I'm, we, I'm before down. Before we air off, hey, what would you do? Or do you ever think you met anybody that was in witness protection? Mm, nah. I've always wondered about witness protection. Like, 
It randomly came to me the other day. I was just like, man, I do know some weird motherfuckers. I do out know. There. I, I mean, I am from a small town where you could just drop somebody off and they wouldn't be found. Like in witness protection, like yeah, you, I can put you here and mm-hmm. not worry about somebody finding you. But that's probably what's mostly in those little small towns you pass through where it's a population <laughs> of seven hundred and thirty-two. Just, just, just people in witness protection. Just people in witness protection, bro. Just, just staying away from the mob, staying away from the cartel. You know, I just, but I always wonder, I was like, man, like, that life would have to suck. Because I was watching Narcos the other day, and uh, you finished it? No, I'm not. I, haven't I, I still have one episode left. I fell asleep the other day. Not saying that this season is not, like, great, but I think. If with, you're tired, you're tired. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think that Narcos, with me, though, it just got to the point where, like, I, I hate when I know what's going to happen at the end, and I'm trying to prolong it. Not that I'm saying I like Pablo Escobar, but this is like, he's going to get a bullet in his head. It's just like, yeah, you know what's coming. You know what's coming. And I mean, I don't understand why they even have a season three even. Come out. Like, I'm not interested in any other cartel in Colombia at all. He was the most interested. He was the most right. He was the most famous and the most notorious. Screw everybody else. <laughs> I was mad they haven't put Boston George in there, though. Because Boston right. George was a big part of his, uh, big part of his empire. I mean, you got a lot of money. You, gotta, you really could have did all of Narcos in season one. You could have, yeah. So they they try they're trying their best to stretch it out. Yeah, yeah, it is what it is though. I, I but that was my random witness protection. Okay. So if you're witness protection, you listening to us, man, give us a holler. <laughs> <laughs> let, let us know. Let, let us know. Let man. us know what it's like to be witness protection. <laughs> but yeah, you got words of advice. You go, did you go first last week or did I go first? I really ain't got nothing. All I was gonna say was uh, disconnecting from certain people can bless your life tremendously. That's pretty much been the theme all week. People need to realize that holding on to, to dead weight is is foolish. Stop that. <laughs> Stop that. You know, Stop just, that. It, people are just too scared to realize that, like you said, you're holding on to somebody by accident thinking that they're going to start bringing value to your life because you hold on to them for a long time. But at the end of the time, all you're doing is stressing yourself out and stressing that person out. So if you're in any type of relationship or dealing with any in any situation that you don't want to be in, and it's not just girlfriend and boyfriend. These are coworkers that you don't want texting your phone anymore. These are family members too that 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 are on Facebook starting drama. This goes beyond just the scope of boyfriend and girlfriend. This is everyday life relationships that if you don't want them, don't make, maintain. Don't maintain them. Like it's not your life is too short to waste your time on foolishness. It's Really that simple. That is the theme of 2016. Don't take that shit to 2017. Whew. Man, uh, my words of advice for this week. Um, try meditation. Oh, you see them kids in, uh, what was it, Baltimore? Yeah, Baltimore, Baltimore, instead of detention, they, they do meditation now. And they, they like, the number of suspensions either completely went away or went down drastically. Try meditation. Like before you before you get angry with somebody or you let somebody push your buttons because you give people the power to make you angry. Like nobody makes you angry. You let them make you angry. You give them that power. So before you just get angry or upset with somebody or, or let hell the stresses of work or, or, or relationships or anything to tr- just try you some little bit. I mean, you ain't got to like incense and stuff like that, but you know, just get somewhere you sit out, close your eyes, take some deep breaths, and you know, let your body get that toxic energy out and then go back on and deal with what you got to deal with. But get that toxic energy out because toxic energy will kill you from the inside out. Oh, yeah, easily. It, just, just to piggyback off that, I'm just going to say 
one of the easiest ways to meditate is to sleep. Oh, good, good, good sleep. There's, there's no, no better cure than good sleep. That's Buddha, Buddha even said that. That sleep. You remember when you was little and you get that ass whooping and then you had to go lay down and take a nap. Let all that toxic energy out. Wasn't that the best nap the, you ever the had? Ang- the anger just went away. You wake up and forgot why you was tripping. I feel sorry for you if you don't take naps. I feel I feel so so bad for you who don't take naps. I feel sorry for myself because I don't get to take them enough. I'm I'm a nap champion here. I can tell. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> but on that note, shout out to Big Crit. Shout out to Big Crit. Shout out to Lecrae. I haven't seen that one. You need to check that Lecrae. Check it, 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 it was just strong. Okay. I'm gonna be a police officer for Halloween. And with that being said. <laughs> <laughs> This has been the Boundaries Podcast. Thanks for listening. But ever since the dawn of civilization, people have craved for an understanding of the underlying order of the world. There ought to be something very special about the boundary conditions of the universe. And what can be more special than that there is no boundary?